Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis how God concluded light was good and how God works in creation is how God wants us to bring the lost out of darkness into light. This message is available for free download on iTunes by searching for the Friendship with God podcast or by going to friendshipwithgod.org for free listening and free download. You can also sign up at friendshipwithgod.org to donate to this radio program or to sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. And that's also available by searching for Tom Cantor or Israel Restoration Ministries or the Friendship with God radio program through Facebook. So you can find that daily devotional verse posted on Facebook if you search for Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program. Now, to encourage you to support the Friendship with God radio program, we're offering as a resource this month The Life of Joseph, a 70-page book by Tom Cantor on understanding the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the history and the future of the Jewish people through the life of Joseph. It's an incredible book written that shows the parallel of the life of Joseph and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and the life of the Jewish people, past, present, and future. It's an amazing book. It's one of Tom Cantor's most popular books. We're offering that for a donation of $20 or more for your support to the Friendship with God radio program. So call us now or after the program at 800-247-3051. And for a donation of $20 or more, you can have this resource book, The Life of Joseph by Tom Cantor, 1-800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. You can also go online to our resources. We have Tom Cantor's materials available online at friendshipwithgod.org. You can order The Life of Joseph for a donation of $20 or more. So again, friendshipwithgod.org or 800-247-3051. Here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching program. In the beginning, God created the heaven, heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved or hovered upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day. And the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. They were the first day. All that happened on the first day. That was the Echad day. First day. Okay, now a little bit of review just to see. Okay, last week we learned from the Hebrew that the word God used in the Old Testament from this verse is the word? Oh, that's good. All right, very good. And Elohim is what kind of a word? Oh, man, you guys are really knocking me over this morning. All right. So even though our Bible, all of our English Bibles say God as plural, the, the, it really it's reading in the beginning God's created. That's a little translation of Elohim. That's because God is made up of three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the truth of the three persons is so important that whenever we see the word God, capital G, small o, small d, whenever we see the word God in the Old Testament, we're going to remember that that's standing for the word Elohim, and we're going to say to ourselves, that represents the English word what? Godhead. Okay, it represents the English word Godhead. So, we we learned that's very, very important, and we saw that even though Elohim is a plural word, that singular verbs are used with it. So, with sentences like this one starts here, Elohim bara, God's has created. God's has created. 
Just like hillbilly Hebrew, right? God's has created. It's not Elohim Baru. It's not God's have created. Right Hebrew. Well, I don't want to say it's right or wrong. Yeah, that's the way it is. But by using a singular verb with this plural noun Elohim, God is emphasizing to us that all three persons in the Godhead, the Elohim Godhead, they're on the same page. They all have the same character, they've got the same desires, they've got the same purpose, they do the same work, and so therefore the Bible uses these singular verbs with this plural noun. And that's what's all behind the, 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 very, the famous prayer of Deuteronomy 6.4. Here, the Lord our God is one God, the Lord our gods is the way it reads. The Lord our gods is one God. And that's the Hebrew word. Who remembers that? Okay. Everybody put your hand over your mouth so you don't spit on your neighbor and say echad. <laughs> okay, very good. That's the word, echad. Just like you were sneezing and coughing at the same time. All right, so that's the word. And, and that word is very, very important because what it emphasizes about these three persons is the triunity, the triechadness of it all. The triunity, or as we say, the trinity. Now that's a challenge, as we saw last week for our assembly, because we want to be in that same echadness, that same unity that God says is so good and so pleasant in the Psalms. Now we saw also last week from, from Isaiah 45, 18, that there was, a, there was a process to this whole creation. And the process was called the, 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 uh, the potter, the form, the yatsar, the yatsar process, which in that word means it's the perfectionist process, uh, potter. It's a perfectionist potter. He's the potter that squeezes and he forms and he, he, he shapes it all so it gets just right. And that's how God is described in Isaiah 64a. He's the potter. It's also referred to in Romans. He is the potter. He's the perfectionist potter. You know, he works that clay over. And you know what the potter does? First? He looks at it. And he sees what's wrong. And he shapes it and squeezes it. And then when he's finished, he goes, Mwah! That's the perfectionist potter. Anyway, so don't miss that work of God, the Yatsar in creation, because it reveals to us who God is. Who God is. You remember how my, my son, my older son David, when, when he was growing up, he, he had the upper bunk and Joseph had the lower bunk. And Joseph would huddle over there with all of his books, you know, and keep everything separate from David. And, and David was the... He would always, you know, peer over the side of the bunk, you know, and stretch himself way over. And Joe would be crimped up against the wall, you know. And then finally Joe would scream out, Mom! Mom! And she'd come running in. He's hovering again! He's hovering! (laughs) And that's the word hovering. (laughs) And that's a very important word. Why? Because... That's part of the Yatsar. The Yatsar hovers. He takes an interest in. He cares about what's going on. That's verse 2 of Genesis 1. The perfectionist potter 
took time when there was darkness over the earth and there was a need. And it says the Spirit of God hovered. Your Bible may say moved, you may say hovered. Hovered. That's what it means. He hovered over that. Now, like a yatsar, uh, like a potter, he's hovering over it. And what's he doing when he's hovering over it? I don't know what David was doing. David was just being nosy. But anyway, what the Spirit of God was doing at that point was he was, he was seeing the need and he was letting the need penetrate into him. See, that's the second step of the hovering process. Like a yatsar, also in verse 3 here of Genesis, he did something about the need. He did something to meet that need. And he said, God said, let there be light. Then in verse 4, the fourth thing that God did, he took time to pause, to reflect on, to contemplate, and to look it over and to ask the question, did, did I meet the need? Did the, light, did the light meet the need for the darkness? That's the fourth thing he did. The fifth thing, fifth thing he did in verse 4 is he came to a conclusion about it. And he said, yes, the light met the need. And so he said, it was good. What did he mean it was good? It was good. It met the need. And then in verse 4, we're going through the steps of what God did here. And this is a pattern that God is using throughout these two chapters on creation. He set it apart. It was so good, he set it apart. He didn't want to mix it up with the darkness. So he divided it from the darkness. He sanctified it. He set it apart. And then... Just to, just, just to make sure it's all very clear, after he set it apart, he gave it a name. He called it a name. He called it day. Now those are the steps, those seven steps that God used here as a pattern, and that tells us about God. Now, the first five steps are also instructive to us in a very important way, because We are, as believers, called to fulfill the Great Commission. What's the Great Commission? Matthew 28, 19 through through 20 explains that we have been commanded, not as an option, it's a command from our Master, to go into all the world and essentially bring the gospel to the lost. Bring the gospel to the lost. I don't know, you probably always thought about that, right? Bring the gospel to the lost. To me, it was a great revelation. I was in Africa, and um, I was trying to explain to an African man who was a Christian from West Africa, but we were in, in, in Kenya, and I said, well, why are you going to Ethiopia? I said, I, said, I, said, I want to, uh, and he, says, he said to me, you want to bring the gospel to the Muslims? I said, that's it. I don't know why. I'm so dense. But anyway, but bring the gospel to the lost. That's our job. You know what you and I have to do in order to do that? You know what you and I have lost and what we need to get good at? The art of hovering. The art of hovering. We need to become good at the art of hovering. Because this is what the Spirit of God did here. He took a great interest in. How are we going to reach the lost? we got to get good at hovering. Step one, the art of hovering is to look and hear. You know, God brings a lost soul in, in the sphere of our lives. And we should be looking for that. And our problem is we don't hover. 
We don't hover. We don't go through the two steps of hovering. We don't go through the first step of hovering. We just say, well, you know, he's lost, and I learned in Evangelism 101 that here I go. I need to get him lost. So if you were to die today, do you have 100% assurance you'd go to heaven? Do you? <clears throat> That's the first step, right? And then, But we don't listen. We don't listen. We need to be like the Spirit of God, like God the Spirit here, who hovered for a while. He took a little time to hover. You know, God doesn't waste words in his Bible. When he says that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, there was a reason for that, because it was showing he took time to, 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 to hover there. And so we need to do that first step, in, is to hover to see the need. You know, take time to listen, to ask questions. Ask questions. We were with Alex uh, Strzok uh, last week. And um, he has a way of doing that. He has a way, he, he ought to be, he's kind of like the intense Columbo. And, you know, he just asks you questions and all of a sudden, you know, my wife, we were together and all of a sudden she's telling her whole life story because he just has that way of asking questions. That's a good thing, you know, so what's your life story? So we're, you know, all those kind of things. Anyway, so to, we need to be like the Spirit of God and hover and take time. Everyone has a different set of circumstances that drive their need to the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to find out what those are. The mission of our Lord Jesus Christ was given very, very clearly. He couldn't have said it more clearly or in, in, in uh, it was so beautifully put in Luke, Luke 19.10 when he described himself as the Son of Man and he described what he, his mission was, and he says, the Son of Man is come, number one, he came. To seek, number two, he looked for. To save that which was lost, number three, he came looking for, he came to save. He came, he moved, he looked, he sought, he went after, and he had a goal. He wanted to see, and who was it he was going after? The lost. And his goal was to see them get saved. Now, that's the mission, very simply put, of our master. If it's his mission, guess what? It's our mission. As my father has sent me, so send I you. That's our mission. So we, we have to, first of all, ask the question to ourselves, have we went to go look for the lost? Have we, can, we, can we say that we've taken time in our lives to go look for the lost? Have we, have we, have we joined a gym? I never would join a gym. People would find out I'm fat if I joined a gym. But anyway, you're not fat. So have you joined a gym to go, not just for your body, but to go seek, the, to go make contact with the lost, to go, to go seek the lost? Have you done that? For example, all right, you can say, or, 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 and then if you, if you have lost people, if I was to ask you today, do you have uh, friends in your life who are lost? Do you have them? So, well, no, I don't have friends in my life. So I go, how can I have friends? I go to church on Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon. I come on Wednesday and I go to prayer meeting and, and, and I, I go to Bible study. I don't have any time. What time do I have? And then I work out the time. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ could have said that too. He should have said, you know, I've got to run this universe here. This is a tough job. What do I have time to go down there for? But it's making time. So have you made time to, 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 to go find the lost, as he did? And then, can you say, if you have lost people in the sphere of your life, can you say that you know what their individual problems are? 
that you know them, that you know the circumstances of their lives that drive their need to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say that? You know, in the gospel, uh, people came to the Lord Jesus Christ with different needs. They came with different needs. And he took time to do this step one hovering over them. He listened to them. He saw their individual needs. You know, he, he wanted them to come to him with their individual needs. You remember in Mark 10, 51, there was a blind man. Now, to everybody, it was obvious what is blind. But nevertheless, he said, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? What wilt thou, as an individual, that I should do unto thee? as an individual. Remember, that was a great thing about the Lord is that he could be in a tremendous crowd and when he focused on an individual, there was like nobody else around him. That was the Lord. And remember, somebody touched him and he, he said, who touched me? And they said, what are you, who touched you? There's so many people around here pushing you and everything. There's people all over the place. How can you ask a question like, who touched you? No, he said, someone touched me. And he knew it, and so he was focused on the individuals, just like it says in Isaiah about the, about the, the Jewish people. It says, he says, thou shalt be called one by one, one by one. That's the way he works. That's the way we should work. How can we help the lost if we don't take time to find out what their need is? Now, we say, well, it takes a lot of time to, 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 to do that. Well... Welcome to God's work of seeking and uh, to save that which is lost. Philippians 2.14. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That's step one. After you find, step one is to listen. Look and listen. Ask questions that will draw out. Even the... You've just... Paint a picture. Get a picture. A three-dimensional picture in your mind. You know, do you have older, do you have brothers, sisters? Are they older, younger than you? Where were you born? Where are you from? What's happened? Where are you? All these questions that just help you take the palette of paint and paint the picture. Do you have a nice picture in your mind of the loss that God has brought into the sphere of your life? Ask questions and paint the picture till you can say, I know that person. Step two, the art of hovering is to let the need penetrate. Let the need penetrate. You're not just Walter Cronkite out there trying to interview and get a lot of information out, but let the need penetrate. Penetrate. That's the second step of hovering. You get that impression here when the Spirit of God is moving on the face of the water. It's not written, but you can say, oh no, there's darkness here. It's void. And, you know, that was a penetration of the need. And so, uh, don't just see and hear the problems of the lost. Be like the Savior who in Isaiah 50, Isaiah 53, 4, he, it said of him, surely he hath carried our, sorry, he hath borne our griefs, he hath carried our sorrows. He, 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 he hath borne our griefs on his shoulders. I have a bad back, I can't carry much stuff, but anyway, nevertheless. Uh, you know, since he carried the, on his shoulders, any, no, he bore him on our shoulders, and he carried 
our sorrows. He carried them. It was tough. It was heavy. It was very heavy. It says he was oppressed because we have a lot of sorrows. Now, take the burdens of the lost on your heart. Do that. Take, bear their griefs. Carry their sorrows. That's why the great high priest Aaron had the names of the tribes of Israel engraven on the breastplate. There were 12 different stones, and he wore this breastplate, and he had the names of the tribes of Israel engraven on his, on his breastplate. Why? He was, he was bearing their griefs. In other words, in, in Isaiah, uh, sorry, Exodus 28.30 says, And thou shalt put the breastplate, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord. That's on the heart. Carry. And then furthermore, if that is, it wasn't even enough, God said that we are to carry the burdens of the lost on our shoulders. That's why Aaron, the high priest, had the names on those two stones on his shoulders that were engraven. They were there. And it says in Exodus 28, 12, And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. Bearing and carrying and bearing and carrying and bearing and carrying. That, that's what the Lord, that's what our master did, does. And that's what the high priest showed. And that's what God calls us to do. Bearing and carrying. This last Monday and Tuesday I spent two days with a, with a precious lost soul. And ten hours of listening to him and going through scriptures. And I was exhausted. And so there at that, that, that night at 2.30 in the morning, I was up, and I was tired. I wanted to sleep. But I was up with a deep concern for his soul. Deep concern for his soul. I was glad to hear that he, that he didn't go to sleep till 3 o'clock in the morning. At least we overlapped by a half hour. But anyway. But, but Paul said in Galatians 4.19, My little children, that's what he said, My little children, tender my little children, of whom I travail in birth again. He says, again. In other words, I already did it once, but I am keep doing it. He says, my little children, of, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. He talked about being travail. Christ be formed in you. Isaiah 53, 11, it speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ in the travail of his soul. The travail of his soul. Someone's got to travail in order for there to be a baby born. And we say, that takes a lot of time and a lot of energy to worry about all these people's lostnesses. And I thought all I had to do was just memorize four simple spiritual laws. You get a few scriptures down and there you go. What are you talking about? What you, this, all this stuff takes time and it takes energy. Well, welcome to God's labor and delivery rooms. And your room is right there, room 201. Have a nice labor and delivery. So that's what the work is. That's what evangelism is. And so now, the step three 
Step three, what we see in, in, in what God did, what we, God, what we can learn from. Step three, meet the need. Meet the need, which God did. He's going to say, oh, man, look at that. There's a need. It's really penetrated to me. I'm going to go away and just worry about it. No, God met the need. He met the need, and he met the need with his words. It's his words. It's the need that was met was, and God said. And God said, after you listen, after you hear the need, don't do nothing. Do something. And be like God. He met the need with his word. So meet the need with God's word, with the Bible, specifically. You know, the Bible, I don't know, the Bible is many ways to think about the Bible. My, my dad was a doctor in, in, in the old days. I guess I can say the old days now. <laughs> I remember, because I was born in 1950. Some of you were born before me, but that's all right. Anyway, and, and, and I remember, you know, he, he used to do house calls. Can you imagine an obstetrician gynecologist doing house calls? But he did, for just for a short time, because that all went out. Anyway. And he had this medicine bag. And I was a little kid. I said, wow, look at that. You know, and never to let me get into his medicine bags. Black. But you ever, how many of you have ever seen a doctor's medicine bag? You don't see them. It's a few of you have. The Bible's a book, big book. The Bible's a big book. And the Bible's got a lot of remedies in it. This is a big medicine bag. It's a big, big medicine bag right here. So when you go and you, you're with the lost, you've got a big medicine bag. Make a good choice. Make a good choice. Think about what the person has said and select a scripture that's the right medicine, the right, the right choice of scripture is very important. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. If you'd like to support this Bible teaching radio program, you can go to friendshipwithgod.org and donate online. Or you can call us directly at 800 247 3051. That's 800 247 3051. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 711 That's P.O. Box 711 That's S A N T E E, Santee, California 92071. Again, that's P.O. Box 711 Santee, California 92071. Now, we have a resource of the month. It's the life of Joseph, and it shows the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and the life of Joseph and the parallel of the life of the Jewish people. It's a 70-page book by Tom Cantor. It's our resource to you for a donation of $20 or more. It's one of his most popular books. We'd like to get this into your hands. You can order it online at friendshipwithgod.org. Just go to our resources section, click on Tom Cantor's materials, or you can call us directly at 800-247-3051. That's 800 800- 247-3051 and thanks for listening and join us again tomorrow.